0: What's up, everybody? My name is Chris. I am on staff with the church, part of the teaching team here, and uh, man, I just want to kind of introduce you to um, the teach today. Um, following me, you will see um, a 24-minute video of my wife, Rachel, and so if you're familiar with her or not or familiar with the story, um, she's been walking through cancer since June, um, stage 3. Uh, C, which means it's traveled out of her ovaries up into her kidneys. We are in um, week um, 12 of chemo. Um, The cumulative dose, I would say, has has started to take its toll, uh, meaning that probably in the last week or so we have seen her more weak than we have seen her in the prior 10. And so these last six treatments uh, appear to be um, a very difficult road for her. Um, And so I just want to kind of walk through this with you real quick before she comes on um, the stage. In in Psalms 23, um, you'll read in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Verse 2, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And so, in this, like this, this Psalms 23 has been, been read to countless, maybe millions of people on their deathbed, right? It becomes the last soulless piece um, of of their words that they may utter or speak or be spoken to. The very first verse where it says, the Lord is my shepherd like that, that word, like when David wrote this, most people believe that he was towards the end of his life. Like he was, he he was the king at this point. Like things were good for him, but yet he re, he reverts back to this idea that the Lord is my shepherd. Now, being the shepherd was usually given to the youngest kid. It was the job that nobody wanted in the family. And if you notice David's life, that that was him. While his friends were, or his brothers were all fighting in the war and doing um, cool things, David was stuck at home because nobody wanted this job. The beauty of this verse says that the Lord is my shepherd. Like that word, my, means that there is a relationship between him and his father. Like, like, although he is the creator of all the world, like he's the creator of the entire universe, like he spoke stuff into existence, like the Lord could be the shepherd of millions of people. But in this one verse, David's like, he's mine. Like, me and him are, are together in this. Like he, He's got me, right? Like if this verse is, if this verse messes with you, like if you can't say that, then none of the rest of this matters for you. Like the rest of the psalm doesn't matter. If you can't say that the Lord is my shepherd, and, and the idea of saying "my means that He owns you. like that He owns you. It says that He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, the, the picture here is that he makes me lie down. Like, if you've, if you've ever followed the story of a shepherd, if you've ever read a book on what shepherding looks like, here's what it says about this it's like sheep don't know where they're going most of the time. And, and a sheep will not lay down. Like, they, they will not lay down. Like, they'll drive themselves insane if they're hungry, if there's friction between them and another sheep, or if there's a parasite in them. And so because shepherds don't know how to do this, um, because the sheep don't know exactly what's going on during these times, they just work themselves into a frenzy. And so the shepherd has to come and make them lie down. And so in this, like I have watched my wife do this, like in the weeks leading up to um, this diagnosis, she would call me out. We were separated at vacation and she would call me up and she was like, look, I haven't slept a week she was the Lord got me up and I would, I would be anxious and I would just start pacing around. But I would go and I would sit with him and the Lord would become my shepherd. She goes, and he would give me the peace that surpasses all understanding. Like he would make me lie down beside the still water. And this happened to her over and over and over again to where she just, she just let it sit in her. And so hear this, by, by no means have we got this figured out. Like, by, by no means. Like, in fact, like I told you earlier, the last 10 days have probably been some of the, the hardest in this. Like, she's been more weak in the last 10 days than in this entire process. I mean, as far as just being able to get up and down the stairs. And so I want to preface that with that. I want to preface this, this message with that. But I do want you to listen to what she says. Because in this, her medicine, like she'll tell you that her medicine has become the living word of God. Like, it's been what has sustained her in this. And that part of her walking through cancer is for your benefit. It's for your benefit. And so, man, we hope um, that you hear this message like we've prayed for this. We have prayed for you. Um, we would pray that it would, that it would enter your heart and that it would bless you. And, and that, it would, that it would take root in your life as well. For everyone will walk through something at some point. And so our heart is for you, like our heart is for you. And so, man, be blessed um, and, and, and and enjoy these next few minutes.
1: So I just want to start by saying um, how honored I am to be able to have this opportunity to speak to you guys this morning. Um, I might not have chosen this um, as my platform to get to speak, but um, nonetheless, I'm honored. And my prayer is that You will be encouraged today to uh, follow the Lord more closely. Uh, Love him just with your whole heart. And so that's my prayer. Um, My story started on June the 3rd of this year. Uh, Obviously, it started a long time before that, but this current story started June the 3rd this year. I had um, surgery to remove a mass about this size um, from my right ovary, and um, going into the surgery, there was some some hopes and some prayers that it would be benign, but um, when I woke up from the surgery, I found out that it was indeed malignant, and I was diagnosed with stage three ovarian cancer. And so, ovarian cancer is um, it's it's not really it's becoming more um, prevalent. Um, but it is kind of a sneaky cancer and, um, you know, kind of hit us out of nowhere. I've been completely healthy up until that point, And actually, it was discovered at a well checkup. And so um, just to, to find that out is was, was kind of shocking. Um, but at the same time, feeling that deep peace that the Lord was with us. Uh, so the, the treatment for it is 18 weeks of chemo. And then I will have... Uh, four weeks off at that point to let my blood counts um, build back up again to recover. And then my surgeon wants to do another surgery to um, take a second look and make sure that there is not any residual disease. And so that's what we're praying. Uh, We ask that you continue to join with us in prayer that um, when I get opened back up again, somewhere around Christmas, that um, it's just clean as a whistle, and we will just give God all the glory and we'll have a big old new year's party and and we'll celebrate so um, that is our prayer um, at the same time we know um, i'm I'm a realist, I'm kind of a practical gal, and um, I've you know done some reading on it that's just kind of the way I roll, and uh, I know the stats. Um, and they're, you know, they're not the best stats in the world, but, but Chris and I both, we don't have, we put a whole lot of stock in stats because we know how great our God is. And so we've chosen just to, um, you know, to not necessarily ignore, um, the outlook or whatever, but just to know that our God is bigger than that. And, and we're praying that he would do something, um, beyond that. And so that, that is the background on how I got here in front of you, um, the guys asked me to share a little bit about what the Lord is teaching me through this. And, and so I'm sure there are many, many reasons for this, uh, why I have this, but I first, I want to kind of give you a little bit of, um, how Chris and I view, um, this cancer and, and kind of our worldview, I guess, if you will, um, you know, I believe that God, his intention was not for us to be sick and his intention was not for us to die, that that was not part of his perfect plan from the beginning. But as we all know, um, mankind kind of came in and, and messed that up. And so, you know, because of a broken world we live in, it's a, it's a, it's a reality. Um, but at the same time, we know that, that, um, for the believer that nothing is wasted and that. Um, everything that happens to us um, happens through God's filter, um, through His His love, His His outlook on our lives. That um, that maybe this is what um, could benefit me the most, could benefit you guys the most. And so that's kind of the way that we're viewing it: is that um, He is good all the time, He is perfect in all of His ways, um, and that He, uh, I believe, that this was the tool that would Conform me the most to his image. Um, there are things that he's doing in me that I don't think could have been done another way or he would have chosen a different way. And so um, that's kind of the worldview that we see him through. We know that he is sovereign and he is in control of all things at all times. Nothing escapes him. Um, he is, he doesn't miss a thing. And so this is not shocking to him. Um, and so that's kind of how we view it he's taught me a couple of things just pretty much from the start. Um, The first thing was that he's going to use this cancer to make me more like him. And you know, those things in your life that just drive you nuts about yourself um, and the things that you're like, Oh Lord, would you change that in me? And um, you know, Lord, and I probably even prayed, Lord, do whatever it takes to get rid of this quality in me. And one of the things that I I just don't like about myself is that um, you know, as far as qualities of Christ go, I'm pretty low on compassion and I hate that about myself. Like I, I just, my shepherd is low, you know, Chris's is off the charts and mine is, mine's low. And, um, I just, I'm real black and white and I am practical and I see things and I, I like truth versus error, you know, and I'm just not real compassionate. And so I feel like he's changing that in me. Um, you know, walking through this, he, as he comforts me, he's showing me this is the comfort that I want you to give to somebody else. And as people comfort me um, that are going through difficult things as well, and, and many of you are walking through illnesses and trials, and, and life is hard, and, and you comfort me, and so those things are growing compassion in me. Um, and so I know that I know that that's part of it. Um, I'm I'm praying more than I ever prayed. I, I used to beat myself up. Oh, you don't pray enough. You know, why don't you get up at three a.m. and pray? Um, I just don't. Um, and so the Lord is, is helping me, um, become more prayerful. And so I'm thankful for that. A big thing in my life, um, all my life, really, I'm just, I'm kind of a nervous Nelly. Like I, I, uh, don't take risks. I'm afraid. I, I, um, I, I used to worry a lot. Chris can tell you probably five times since we've been married in 15 years, I've been convinced that I had something terminal <laughs> and that I laugh. It's not funny, but um, it never happened. You know, it was always, oh, get tested for different things and, you know, MRI, whatever, and I'm always fine. And so this time, you know, I didn't see it coming, but that fear and fear over something happening to my kids, you know, that um, the tragedy would befall me, um, that, you know, that's crippling and it's something that, that I have hated. And, and so I think by allowing this to happen to me, he's allowing me to conquer, um, just, just fear. And he started preparing me for it really a year ago. Um, as I was walking with my discipleship group, um, I had this situation that came up. It's a really long story. I won't tell it, but, um, I was really worried about my kids, um, something was going to happen to them. I, there, there were some things that had happened that made me fearful that my kids were going to get sick. And so, and like, and you know, not be with me anymore. And so, um, I was kind of irrational about it really. And went to bed that night, um, couldn't sleep and just got up and spent some time with the Lord and, um, in the word. And he led me to Philippians one and which I'm going to read to you in just a little bit, but. Um, basically it's about Paul and Paul's, um, desire that his life would reflect to live as Christ and to die as gain. And so, you know, as I began to it comforted me, but at the same time, I thought, I can't say that I can't, I don't live like that. Um, you know, I have too much fear. I have too much worry. And so, um, that began to be my prayer. I thought, If this is how I'm supposed to walk, if I'm supposed to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ and imitate Christ, certainly lived without fear. Um, Perfect love cast out all fear. If I'm supposed to live that way, then I need to pray that I would start to believe that way. And so I did. And then January 2015, I didn't make a New Year's resolution, but this idea kept popping into my head, um, this phrase, I prefer Christ. And so I began to, um, I wrote that out, Lord, my new year's resolution for 2015 is that I would prefer you over all things that I would prefer being with you, that I would prefer spending time with you over all the things that life, the fun things. Um, not to say that I would never have fun, um, or enjoy life, but that at the end of the day that I would consider Christ better than, than all things. And so that began to be my prayer. And, um, and I remember in April kind of looking back through my journal and and thinking, Well, oh, Facebook, you know, it still has a hold of me. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm winning that I prefer Christ always over dumb things like Facebook. And so, Lord, again, I'm asking you to make that my prayer. And then in May, uh, this whole trial kind of began happening. And so I really believe that that that's um he's teaching me um to be able to say. I hope with integrity someday that I completely can say to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, it's kind of a rubber meets the road concept, but I know that 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 should be our mindset. The second thing that he has started to show me is that this cancer is not just for me and for my benefit, um, which seems a strange thing to say, but but also for for your sake and started kind of developing that through Philippians one because that was Paul's mindset, you know, that that if I stay, it's for you. And if I go, um, it's I gain Christ. And so kind of developed it through that. Um, but then one day, June 18th was my first chemo. And I have this little devotional book that I bought at a yard sale like 15 years ago. It's copyright 1925. It's called Streams in the Desert. And it has been spot on every day through this. Like, it's just been amazing. And the day I woke up after chemo, my first one, I felt kind of just yuck. Like, you feel kind of like you have the flu a little bit and just kind of beat up and broke down, (laughs) as we say in Arkansas. And um, I read my devotional for the day, and it just jumped out off the page um, to me. So I want to read it to you. It says, Christ's blessing. Oftentimes means sorrow, but even sorrow is not too great a, too great a price to pay for the privilege of touching other lives with blessing. The sweetest things in this world today have come to us through tears and pain. And then this um, quote here really is the one that got me. It says, "God has made me bread for His elect, and if it be needful that the bread must be ground in the teeth of the lion to feed His children, then blessed be the name of the Lord." And when I read that. It just, you know, sometimes things leap off the page at you and, and you know that God is, is speaking to you. And, and I underlined it and I just began to think about that because I thought up until then I was like, Lord, you know, just let this go fast. You know, I pray that it's just smooth sailing and easy side effects, which praise the Lord so far it's been manageable. Um, I think that's your prayers. Um, that was early on. That was my prayer that you guys would pray for me, that my side effects are manageable and I can live life. And so far, yes. Yes. Um, at the same time, I was like praying, Oh, let it just be wrapped up real neat. And let us be on the other side of it, looking back and just let it be a, almost a a blur. It went by so fast and you've healed me. And, and when I read that, I thought, Lord, if you want to slow me down in this, you know, I don't get to say how you heal me, when you heal me, if you heal me, um, you know, if it gets prolonged, if at the end of this surgery that there's there's even more chemo, or there I don't get to say that, and so if it's not just for me, if it's for for everyone else, um, then Lord, let me be okay with that. And you know, and that sounds high and and lofty and like wow, super Christian. But man, there are days where I don't want to do that. Like there are days where I don't feel that way, and I think, ugh, I hate. I hate this. Like, let's just be done with it. But at the same time, I trust the Lord. And I know that we're all connected. And I know as the body of Christ that what affects me affects you and what affects you affects me. Um, And I was reminded after I read that, um, a pastor that we love in Dallas, Texas, uh, the pastor of the Village Church, uh, Matt Chandler. We don't know him, but we love him, Chris and I. And uh, um, he battled brain cancer five years ago. And we I remember praying for him and watching his video updates for his church. And one of the things he said that I was reminded of, he said, you know, when, when, as he goes through cancer, that the veil between life and death kind of gets pulled back a little bit and that, um, that we get to see in and it makes us think more about, um, how are we living our life? And and so I remember that when he was walking through cancer, I didn't even know him. But I remember thinking, Lord, he let me go through whatever tough thing you have for me someday, because I know there will be something tough and life has been good so far. Whatever it is, Father, let me walk through it like he's walking through it. Would you let me have strength? Would you not let me turn from you, Lord? But would you let me praise you no matter what? no matter what a hard thing happens to me. And so I feel like that's, that's what's happening. And so I was reminded of how, um, when I read that in the devotional, that that could be the purpose is that I may get to encourage you and that I may get to, um, give you hope that when bad things come your way, that you will have the same strength that I have because I'm not that strong. And I mean, I don't like pain. I am kind of a weenie. I complain a lot. Um, Ask Chris, like every side effect I've had, you know, he could probably write a log because I I like to tell him um, (laughs) what they are. Um, And so that's not me. Like the way that I'm getting through this is just your prayers and the spirit, the Holy Spirit of, of the Lord just getting me through it and giving me strength. And so I want you to be encouraged that when things come your way, that He will be right there for you as well. He is—he is just so close. I want to read um, Philippians one for you because it is. Um, yes, I want—I would love and appreciate you guys praying for my healing and continuing that. Um, but man, even more so. I have a fear of not walking it out well, um, and so my prayer is that even above all that, that Chris and I would walk this well, and that um, that our strength wouldn't fail, and our courage wouldn't fail, and that we would in no way be ashamed. And so I want to read this to you. Um, this was Paul. Uh, he was in chains for the gospel. Um, and so he kind of knew what hardship and feeling like, ah, oh, you know, is this it, Lord? Like he, he knew what that felt like. And so he wrote this to the church at Philippi. Um, and it's, it's just been so encouraging to me for the last year. I just wanted to read it to you. So he says, and because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the spirit of Jesus Christ, I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. So I would ask that you would continue um, to pray that for me, that. Um, that my mindset would be that a Paul, that if I remain and, and that, let that be all of our mindset, that if we remain as long as we're here, cause that's kind of the neat thing about cancer. If there's a neat thing about it, it gives you laser focus. Um, your perspective on time shifts and you begin to think, what does God want for me? Um, what is the best thing for me to do today? Maybe this morning. Um, and what is just junk that I can just not worry about anymore. And so, um, I want to encourage us to all have that that laser focus because really prior to cancer, um, I didn't have any more control over anything than I do now. I just thought I did. I just made plans five years out and, you know, all that good stuff. But, but really that was just an illusion and, and that's kind of a downer. But man, that's the way we're supposed to live with eternity in mind and that every day counts and that every minute counts. And are we living God's best for us? If I could leave any lasting thought with you, I would just say, um, man, if you don't know him, what are you waiting for? Surrender your life to him. Like, their life is full of awesome things, and it's full of trials. And and surrendering your life to Christ um, doesn't make us not go through trials like we still live in this world. But, man, when you go through the hard things, you know we don't we don't suffer as those without hope. you know everything that we go through carries eternal weight has it, it achieves for us even our sufferings. the Bible says our, our sufferings achieve for us an eternal glory that is far surpassing, even as bad the worst thing that we can happen that can happen to us. the glory that we will um, one day have far surpasses, and so, man, I would just say don't wait, like, don't put it off. If if you don't know him, ask him to come in and take control of your life and just clean you up from the inside out because, um, he's done that for me. He's, he's healed me from my sin and from my messed up, jacked up past. Like he's done that. And so it's why I have confidence that if he can do that, if he can take the yuck that was me, um, for the better part of my life, and he, he can turn me into this, then he can certainly heal me of cancer because that was, that was huge what he did and the cleanup job that he did on me. So I would ask, you know, put your faith in him because he is good. He is so good. You know, the Bible says that, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, um, no mind has conceived what God has planned for us. The things that He has in store for us for all eternity, we get to be with Him. Um, there will be no need for the sun; His brilliant presence will light it up, and He, we will just be with Him, hanging out with Him forever and ever. And He loves us so much um, that if you know, if you are a believer, that you would just really begin to live your life looking for eternity, looking at that eternity, and and pray that for me, that I keep eternity in mind, because I forget. I so easily forget I have to wake up every day and preach the gospel to myself. Um, I texted Chris last night. I was out in the van, because it was quiet in the garage, and I said, I'm preaching the gospel to myself, and I'm praying, because I need it, Um, because we forget. uh, If you don't love this, like, pray that you would fall in love with his word, because Honestly, it's the only thing that sustains me right now and gives me peace when, when I get nervous, when I get scared, when I get afraid, it's his word. It's, um, it's your texts to me and your, your cards. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sending me scripture, preaching the gospel to me and reminding me of how good Christ is and how much we can trust him. Um, pray to fall in love with this. It's my medicine right now. It's, it's, I believe that this is my good medicine. Um, and it's what's healing me. Um, last of all, just thank you so much. Like, I, there are just not enough words. Thank you just does not cut it. But Chris and I have been overwhelmed by how you've loved us, um, New City Church, and, and even beyond. You guys are amazing. And you're you're how I feel loved by the Father in this. Um, a card comes at just the right time, sometimes anonymous, sometimes signed, um, the, the meals that you guys have fixed have blown our minds like we're going to weigh 300 pounds before it's over with, uh, that taking care of our kids and just loving our kids well. One of the things that the blessings in it is that our family, um, our kids will not be able to grow up and say that we never saw the church in action um, because they've been blown away as well um, just by your generosity. And so uh, I hope that. One of these days I'm on the other side of this and I'm able to repay and um, just to do awesome things for other people like you guys have done for us. But we're so, so thankful and um, we just love you so much and we're just happy to be here and be a part of this uh, amazing church. And so uh, just thank you.